Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That all in the first hour this morning, when you think about it, 100% chance, and I think 100% chance should be no thinking about it. It should be official, but it's the NFL and COVID and schedule, so nothing is written in ink until it goes down today at 340, and we think, Swag, again, man. it's going down. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. What's up? This is a because Key and I talk about, you know, it seems like every day on, on social media, yeah, man, kids be making up new dances, just be wilding out. Yeah, no they reason. just, I, and I, my, my son, who's eight, well, actually, the Keyshawn, who's older, but my son, who's eight, he just, he'd be dancing, the music, come on, doing all this. And, pop, pop, I'm like, man, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Like, oh, Dad, you don't know. You old. You old. You don't even know what's going on. I'm like, yeah, but I. it looked like you on something, son. <laughs> <laughs> that eight years old. It looked like you're on something dancing like, like that. Like, look at the person you're actually dancing with. Nah, I don't want to get into a tangent. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Zubin. I know you're dying to get back to sports. I can I see you right now. Oh, it's yeah. okay. We're, we're It's, it's gotta, all good. Top I, of the hour, baby. I got to check out TikTok before we shut it down. So yeah. I gotta, I gotta, no, before the government shuts down. So Let's control the data. This stuff and, Hey, Ooh, and this is hey, 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 ho, ha. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, he's eight, right? No, it's eight, not right? even eight. These are sometimes older guys, teenagers. It's the music, though. That's all. It's just the music. It's called a new form of Zumba, Zumba class. And even that's some of the music that's out there, the beats are so cool. I don't even listen to the lyrics because I can't understand some of the stuff. Like, I don't. I'm like, huh? What did he say? And my kids got to tip, bring me up to speed on it. You I'm like, it. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, I got it now. You got to Google it. It's like the old day with the cassettes. You got to rewind, write it down, rewind, yeah, memorize it. But the beats are cool. Cassette? Did you just go cassette? Yeah, man. Back in the day. Key A track? VCR? Wow. You just played me. Wow. You took me to A track. <laughs> right, you, your son just said you're an old dude. Your son just said you said you're an old dude. What does he know? <laughs> From I, invent, I invented swag in professional sports, and he doesn't even know that. So you The know. originator, Key. Tell him. Yeah. It's, now I'll get back to sports. Okay. <laughs> it's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin coming to you live. This is Key's favorite, by the way. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Let's bring in ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano. Uh, Dan, you have your overreactions column each and every week. You file. You can check it out. <laughs> Each Monday, your thoughts on things in the NFL, big stories. And one thing that sort of caught my eye is you posited this thought. The NFL season is in peril. The regular season is in peril. Next word, not an overreaction. I know this Pittsburgh-Baltimore thing is probably your best evidence, but from a macro sense, why do you think that moving forward? It's no more in peril than it's ever been. That, see, it's been in peril since the, the virus arrived, and it will continue to be uh, until such time as they can complete it. So, I mean, it's, it's not, it, it's, it, it, could, it could end at any time. Look, we could have a rash of positives on, on multiple teams next week that, that shuts the entire league down even temporarily or for the rest of the season. All that's on the table, and the league and the players have known that the whole time. The fact that we are... Almost through week 12, the only game, there's only one game that has, was supposed to be played by now and hasn't been, and that's scheduled for this afternoon. So th- they've pulled something off here already, but no one's doing any victory laps. Uh, no one's excited yet about, oh, we've got this figured out. They know it's going to be a rough ride the rest of the way and that they're going to be dealing with situations like they are dealing with in Baltimore probably more frequently uh, the rest of the way, as the virus continues to spread, the weather turns colder, all these things that they've been worried about all along. So anybody who thinks they have this figured out and, oh, the NFL will sail right to the end of the season, 
is is misguided. I, I think it's going to be a, a, a difficult effort the whole way. Dan, you've been obviously following this thing from day one, and I'm talking about really into it and following it. How likely yeah. is this game today at 340 Pittsburgh, Baltimore, likely to be played? <laughs> well, they, I think it's more likely than not, but I don't think we're at 100% yet. So at the beginning of the year, they were testing everybody six days a week. They weren't testing them on game days because the PCR tests, you know, the nasal swab, they don't come back in time for kickoff. So about a month into the season, they, they changed that to the point where they are now testing everybody on game days, but they're doing a rapid result test. So it's a point of care test that comes back in a half an hour. Not as accurate as the nasal swab, but again, they don't have the time for that on game days. So the Ravens and the Steelers will be tested today. And if there are more positives in Baltimore, not in Baltimore, but at their hotel, um, then it's possible we, sh- we could see another postponement of this. Look, the Ravens have had at least one positive test every day for the past nine or ten days. They are understandably freaked out and wondering about the wisdom of playing this game. There are people on that team that aren't 100% sure yet. So it- it's possible there could be testing results this morning that push it back even further to another week, to a uh, week 18 that hasn't been scheduled yet. All that's on the table. Obviously, we are hoping, everybody is hoping they get the game kicked off and played at 340 as is currently scheduled, but there is another round of tests to be done first. Dan, how how do the Steelers feel about the way everything's been handled? Well, if only we had uh, players' social media accounts to help us find out how they're all feeling about it, right? <laughs> These guys keep everything so close to the vest today. I haven't checked their TikToks, although after that intro, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued by what's going on there and, and how uh, Keyshawn relates to all of it. But, um, look, the, the Steelers have been frustrated. This game was supposed to be played six days ago. It was supposed to be played Thanksgiving night. There are, you know, there, there are conspiracy theories flying around Pittsburgh, of course, that are being enabled by certain people with uh, influential voices out there, and that's unfortunate. But, um, look, the, the Steelers want to play. They, they feel like it's been pushed back three times. If it's pushed back again, I'm sure you'll hear complaints from there. The good thing the Steelers have is, is Mike Tomlin, right? I mean, this is a coach that sets the right tone for them and keeps them uh, focused on what they need to be focused on. So even if they're airing some frustrations about the postponements and what's going on in Baltimore, he'll have them ready to play whenever the game does end up happening. So, yeah, I think there are some people that are venting about uh, you know, why has it been postponed, why is the league you know, bending over backwards for the Ravens. But I know the Ravens don't feel like that's the case. They just want to stop testing positive and make sure everybody's healthy. Dan, when we look around the league and I look out at West and I look at the NFC West and the Cardinals, the Cardinals have had, I would call it, three losses in my mind, although they did beat the Buffalo Bills on a Hail Mary. Then I obviously lose to <laughs> Seattle. Did. And then New England takes care of them. Are they legit contenders? I mean, look, they're legit because we've seen them play at a high level and they can put it together uh, the rest of the way. But, you know, I was at their game in Foxborough on Sunday. I just feel like they're they're probably a year away. Look, it's a roster that I think still has some some work to do to get to the point where they want it. I mean, there's, they're exceptional in some places. The young quarterback's obviously a great player. DeAndre Hopkins is as good a receiver as anyone. So... Uh, they have the ability to do great things, but I think what we're seeing now is is a little bit of an evening out and, and uh, you know, the league catching up with them a little bit. They haven't had Chandler Jones as kind of an engine for their defense. So I think what we're seeing with Arizona is a team that shows us what it can be, but probably is still 
a year away, a good draft slash free agency period away from being able to outmuscle a team like, you know, Seattle or the Rams to get to the top of that division. That's just my read on it at this point. Check back in a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll look like an idiot. No, I technically agree with you, even though I might look Which like an part? idiot. Which <laughs> part? Oh, wow. Yeah, it could be any, it could be any number of reasons I could look like that. I could say something like, hey, I invented swag. And, oh, oh, get him, Dan! Cool. Get him, Dan! But I, I don't know. Dan, I know you're not holding a mic, so it can't be a mic drop moment. So take that lava off, drop it on the ground, and just walk out of frame. That was unbelievable. Well done, Dan. <laughs> That's Dan Graziano. And I do agree with Dan. i got to mention that just because, look, it's always been a long-term play in Arizona. And no matter what's happened, you could say they're ahead of schedule at the moment. I think that's fair. They're slightly ahead of schedule from where you thought they would be. Well, I, I look, I thought that they would be exactly where they are, period. I thought they were a six, seven-win team. I, I I, again, I don't know how many times I've got to say it, and people in, in the Red Sea in Arizona, they, they don't like me for this. That offense is cool and cute, and it looks great, but when you get a hold of it, if you ask many defensive coordinators across college football as well as in the NFL, because I have, they don't like it. They don't want to coach on staffs that run it, good defensive coordinators, because they like, Key, I'm, I'm going to give up. 45 points a game. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want that. And you say, well, why don't they fix it? The offense gives the ball back three and outs. There's too many turnovers. They don't run the ball enough, all sorts of stuff. And I, and that's good in the league for a short period of time. We can go through a litany of play teams that have tried to run similar things and coaches have been fired. Indeed. Dan joined us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line brought to you by Shell V Power Nitro mm-hmm. Plus Premium. Gasoline. On the way, the Texans clearly have the best head coach opening in the NFL, mostly because of who their quarterback is. But the team right behind that Key is really bullish on? That might surprise you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I mean, what is with me? I mean, I want to talk about sports on a sports show. I want to loosen up. I'm a crazy guy. Let's scale back to sports talk. No, no, no. Let's go. Let's go. Zoom in. What's the craziest thing you've ever done in your life? Craziest thing? Skydive. Sky I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to say skydive. Skydive. Zip line is like the cop-out answer because ziplining, even though it looks crazy, is 
is safe if you do it right. Skydiving is like not doing you're going it. DB Cooper style if you're old enough for that not reference. Had a chance to had a chance to skydive with a with a, uh, one of the top three skydivers in the world that actually works in the White House and had a chance to be a part of that whole. No, nah, man, I'll watch you from the ground. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't have to. You know, they were trying to convince me. A ranger, you know, Ranger Ranger Jones was his name. Ranger Jones. And trying to convince me, don't worry about it. Everything's okay. We do this with the president uh, all the time, <laughs> this, that, and the other. It's like, no, nah, man, I'm good, dog. See, good. I just, so, so you have to get paired to somebody else, essentially, right? Yes, yes. Obviously, if you're a pro, you can just jump right out. But obviously, I'm not a pro. This is a one-time deal. I had the, uh, the winning percentage of 1,000. I'm not going to go back and not going to try that one again. But you we always do something about- once unless you get killed and you can't do it again. No, but I don't even want to talk about it like that. I just I don't, want, I don't want to make people, you know, think that that is the way to go. But I'm not doing it. I'm good. Did you scream, Zubin? Was there a scream or was it no, just like No, it's actually a- amazingly peaceful once you get through like the first few seconds because you sur- you just realize like, yo, bro, I got no control of this anyway. So let's just, I was a bad There's decision. There's nothing peaceful about that, It's just Zubin. too late. But it just, as, as you sort of get closer to the ground and then like your vision, start, you can start to see things. It's just, it's pretty amazing. The, the, the landing can be a little bit rough though, believe it or not. You always want to land like in a field or something. No! <laughs> Zubin, no, I'm not doing it. I'm no. over extreme sports. I no, extreme enough. sports. I'm done. Well, I, well obviously, that's what I said it, Keyshawn. <laughs> guys, <laughs> are trying to, of course. guys are trying to take your head off in the league. I know everybody, everybody always says that to me when they start talking about extreme things. And I'm like, no, they're like, dude, you went across the middle for 11 years for a living. Yes, for a living. I was a professional trained football player yeah. that knew exactly what to do. First time I ever gone back to a game and said and was on the sidelines pregame, San Francisco 49ers playing the New England Patriots. I saw them dudes walk out the tunnel and they were practicing and how big they were. And I mm-hmm. said to myself, I had to be a damn fool to want to do that. Never again. I'll never play football again. Never. So the difference is at least you got paid a lot of money exactly. to go over the middle. I paid to jump out of it. <laughs> that's basically. Well, that's on you. <laughs> no one told you to do that. No, no. But it, it, it's football. You know, I hear it all the time, though. Going across. Oh, you could get hit. You this, that, and the other. And, and in all honesty, it felt like on Mondays and Tuesdays throughout my career, I was in several car accidents. But once I got to Sunday, I was fine. It's the Mondays, the Tuesdays, it's the recovery time that your body, you know, feels a certain way. Once you go to playing Sundays, it's fun. It's the practice week that you got to get through. I'll tell you right now, I ain't got the heart for it. I do not have the heart for it. Somebody hit me across the middle like that, I am not getting up. You slapped me on the wrist, you got four more of those, and you were fouled out. That's it. Last thing I'll tell you, the reason I did it, and we'll get right back into the talk of the NFL here in a second. Look at me, I'm the one delaying the sports talk. Who would have thought? But uh, the, the last thing I would tell you, the reason I did it, is because I heard of a job called smoke jumping. I have no idea. I didn't know what it was before it happened. A smoke jumper. You smoke and jump at the same time? <laughs> you pull the Mike no, Tyson before the fight? <laughs> but it is actually crazier than that, even though actually, that's crazy. It be a bad experience. A smoke jumper is somebody that jumps out of a plane to fight a forest fire. So like in the West, when acres and thousands of acres are burning, uh-huh. they will jump out of the plane with all sorts of resources, a hose, this, that, put themselves on the ground, because a lot of times you can't drive to the scene uh-huh. of a fire. They would jump out of the plane with resources, and that's how they get to the fire. They're dudes that do that for a living. Well, they I thought, each, I thought they, no, I just Entourage, thought they would hover. Yeah. I thought they hover around and then just drop them down. 
that well, way. Yes. I mean, so they actually, oh. Yeah. So wait. Well, see, you, that's you, bad too, because what if you, the wind is coming, the Santa Ana winds out west, and they blow you, and you land in the fire. Hold yeah. on, Zuby. I'm so no expert on So this. you wanted to be a smoke jumper, so that's why you paid money to go up to jump out of an airplane, because you wanted to see what the experience was like? I wanted to land in a field that was not torched. I don't need anything blazing when I landed. I just wanted to land in a field. You wanted to be a field. smoke jumper? The water hose is bigger than Zubin. Come on now. High school weight, 5'11", 157, 42, still playing at my high school weight. Whoa. We're asking the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation what the best head coaching opening will be in the NFL. That's a little cryptic because we've got three openings, but let's be honest, New York, Chicago, and maybe a couple other places like Jacksonville, maybe even the Los Angeles Chargers, even though Key disagrees with that. But here's why I mentioned that. At jmike84, hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed to talk about Anthony Lynn. Quote, it's going to be the Chargers, QB on rookie deal, have weapons on offense, got a Pro Bowl, D-end. I'm sure he's talking about Bosa there. James coming back from injury, that would be Derwin James. Top 10 pick because they're struggling. New stadium, no fans, but they're going to have no fans even when the COVID is over. <laughs> Can compete from day one. Well, um, what do you think? Yeah, I disagree with him on that one. Uh, one more year for Coach Lynn. First of all, Joey Bosa is not playing at a Pro Bowl level this year. He, he For whatever reason, he's just not – Playing great this year. Derwin James has been in and out of lineup hurt. You do have a rookie quarterback. They just had some tough luck. Next year, if it doesn't work out, then you start to move into we need to bring somebody else in. But not right now. It's 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 not right now. You, you he's been on the job three years, and you give him that fourth year. You know, and you see where it goes. Yeah, I, and they won the playoffs and won a game in the playoffs. Yeah, you you, yeah. you look first of all. It's a, it's for him. It's a different situation because of the pandemic for him. And there's no off season. You got a young quarterback that is playing well, but he's also made some mistakes too. And you, when you look at it, you just got to, you're in a division with the Raiders, a division with Kansas city. And then both of those teams are playing well. And if it doesn't work out next year, then I'm one to say, move on from coach Lynn, but you got to give me one more season. Out of all those teams you mentioned, Zubin, from the Jets to the Bears, the Texans, the Jags, if they do become available, which we all think they will, if you're Eric Bieniemy, if you're looking for a gig, I mean, I don't know how you don't go to Houston. I don't know how you don't sign up to have Deshaun Watson as your quarterback for the future and build your team around a star quarterback like that. Indeed. So let's see where the Texans fall in Key's real head coach rankings of openings that possibly could occur or are occurring. There's a good reason there was no pre-production. That was pretty long. I needed to yeah. mention no, it's that. All it's good. very well done, though. Yeah, and it, and it really does suck to mention guys that currently have jobs that we kind of know it's well, a fait accompli that they won't. We've got that s- suck for me. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> just, the reality sucks. of it is that yeah. these guys may be on the road, but when you think about it, it's sitting at six. There's only six that potentials for me right now. It's sitting at six of the Detroit Lions, which actually is an opening. Uh, you know, if you are an aspiring head coach and in you are young and you're okay with a rebuild. I think this is the perfect situation. You have some assets and some pieces there, starting with the quarterback and Matthew Stafford. You may be able to go out there and, and dangle him to a contending type team because he deserves an opportunity to be with a winner. And you could get some value for him at number six, the Detroit Lions. At number five, the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta sits at number five, although I think Atlanta has their head coach on the sidelines in Raheem Morris, but they may want to look outside of the organization given the fact that he was part of the problem. But they've turned it around 
under his, under his guidance. He's a little bit older now. He had the stint in Tampa Bay. Now he gets an opportunity in Atlanta to show what he can on a small sample size. Rich McKay knows him. He hired him with Coach Dungy in Atlanta. I mean, in Tampa Bay. So they have a potential head coach in the waitings there in Atlanta. Number four is the New York Jets. And I think a lot of people would think that the Jets should be higher because they have the number one overall, potentially the number one overall pick. They do have a head coach. I don't think the head coach will be back. I will bet my right arm. If that head coach comes back, you could have it. And, and, and they possibly could have the number one overall pick in this year's draft. And I know a lot of people are so high on Trevor Lawrence. He's a once in a lifetime generational guy. He's a family guy. He's all those things. And so <laughs> when you look at it, that's an asset in itself. You could build through that in the draft, and I think Joe Douglas is thinking about all those things. At number three, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you say, well, they don't have anything. Mm. They got some pieces. They got some young players. They got some stuff. They, they're, they're, it, it, what I would say, they have money to spend. They're not afraid to spend the money. They have some draft capital. So when you start to look at those things at number three, they need a quarterback badly. But do they have to address the quarterback at the number three spot? Or if, if they, let's say they wind up getting the number two spot in the draft. Do they have to address a quarterback there, or can they find a quarterback later on? Can they trade out? Can they trade down? When you start to get into those spots, when you're the Jaguars, it becomes very interesting. Number two, the Chicago Bears, if Matt Nagy is let go, it is a great landing spot. They have a, a great defense in Khalil Mack and, and Jackson at the safety position and some other players on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you, you think about where they're at. The defense can't be wasted. They've got to solve the quarterback spot on the offensive side of the ball. They got a running game. They get those guys back on the running side. Chicago is a sports town. As Jay knows, they want to win very badly. You just got to make sure that you get the right quarterback. You don't need a home run hitter. You need a guy that's not going to screw it up like a Nick Foles and like a Mitch Trubisky. You need somebody more manageable that the type of guy that Rex Grossman was when they went to the Super Bowl. Just one of those guys. You don't have to hit a home run. And then the number one spot on the board is the Houston Texans. If that spot becomes available, because Romeo Cornell is there right now, so it is open and I'm sure it's going to be available. Deshaun Watson, you you got your quarterback in the fold on a nice deal that's long-term. They got some pieces at the wide receiver position, although Fuller did – uh, get suspended on PEDs here recently. But having a great season. He was having a good season. He, Wonder so why. You, well, stop. <laughs> Sorry. When you start to look at it, I got the quarterback. I got the quarterback. And J.J. Watt has a few more years left in him. You keep him in the fold. You get a guy in there in a division that I think is winnable. The Indianapolis Colts will probably be moving on from Phillip Rivers, so they'll have a quarterback issue. You look at Jacksonville. They're trying to rebuild in the division. And you look at what the Tennessee Titans are. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are home run beaters. They certainly have a formula with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback and and A.J. Brown and Corey Davis at the receivers and a defense that's solid but not great. They're going to be around, hovering around in the division a lot. But you can win if you're the Houston Texans. It gets very, very interesting coming down the pipeline here over the next four to five games. To your point, Fuller is going to be a free agent. Let's see if they could re-sign him, bring him back, keep him clean for the rest of the season, as Jay has said. And by the way, if you want to uh, chop off your right arm, Sam Darnold could use it at this point. <laughs> he definitely oh, needs, wow. The howitzer is just certainly not there. By the way, with the Jags, this is what happens when you miss not on one but two quarterbacks. They whiffed on Bortles. They whiffed on Gabbert. 
they've just not been the same. We always talk about teams missing on Trubisky and Darnold. That's one guy. But I, see, They missed I, on two guys. I, it's so crazy as, I, as you talk and I sit here and I think when you mention Bartle and, and Blaine Gabbert, I wouldn't have never drafted them dudes in the first place. Like, I don't understand. I say this all the time, Jay. What the hell are these dudes looking at? Like, I don't want Blaine Gabbert from Missouri throwing me footballs in a wide-open five-out all-the-time pitch-and-catch type situation. And then when I look at Blake Bortles, just because he had a good workout and he's big, doesn't mean anything. How many games has he won? What has he done? Where's his brain as far as quarterback goes? Those are the important things. Can I get him on the board? And does he wow me when he gets on the board? As of right now, the Jets would have the, the first pick, Eey. probably take Trevor Lawrence, and then the Jags would probably take Justin Fields. Who? Wow. Who Daniel Jones experiment over. It's you over. Justin Fields? No, I said the Jaguars. Oh, the Jags. Not the Giants. I said the Jaguars. Sound like you said Giants. Jaguars. Jags. Okay. There you go. That would be another quarterback as they continue to rebuild all over again. They First, they need a new GM and maybe, as Key said, new Head coach, let's roll the Sports Center, and right after that, the greatest NFL rivalry for the moment <laughs> renewed on a Wednesday afternoon. The help defense gets the steal. Henry on the break, and a runner with the right hand. The floater's good. Knocked down by Watts. Give him thirteen. That's Rocket Watts. That's Sean Kelly on ESPN Radio. Rocket Watts and Foster Lawyer are the two guys trying to replace Cassius Winston. Good luck, but some good fortune for Michigan State last night over Duke at Cameron Indoor. Kansas overcomes a double-digit deficit to defeat Kentucky. That's the Champions Classic. Big ones tonight. Baylor and Illinois. Gonzaga, West Virginia. Both games Jimmy B Classic on ESPN. This evening, from college basketball to college football, the top seven remaining unchanged in the college football playoff rankings. So mostly that just means the top four are unchanged for the purposes of our discussions. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Iowa State has crept into the top ten. They play West Virginia Saturday. It's the biggest game in school history. Man, we have beat the brakes off them. (laughs) USC, by the way, 11 spots behind Iowa State at 20. The Ravens traveling to Baltimore. uh, The Ravens traveling to Pittsburgh today for a 3:40 Eastern kick on NBC. Of course, this game scheduled to be on Thanksgiving night. Then we go from Sunday. It was supposed to be yesterday. Now it's today. The Ravens are going to be tested again today before kickoff. And if all goes well, and we can't take that for granted, obviously in 2020, they will play today at 3:40 Eastern with Pittsburgh looking to remain perfect. On the season, RG3 in there for Lamar Jackson. Sports Center brought to you by Merrill. With Merrill Guided Investing, you have the option to work with an advisor at a low cost and minimum. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash investing goals. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, and Smith Incorporated. Boast a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor. Member SIPC. We are eight hours and eight minutes away. And is eight enough? Old TV reference. Ryan Clark joins us, the Super Bowl champion, played Yay. for the Steelers, been a part of so many great Ravens-Steelers rivalries. Here we go, 8-8 eight and eight away, Ryan. What are your thoughts on how the NFL has handled this and if we finally, mercifully, might get to kickoff? <laughs> I mean, we can get it now. We can get it at Christmas. I mean, who knows? But when you look at the way the NFL has handled this, I don't necessarily know if you can critique it. I don't know necessarily know if you can be critical of it because it seems that they're trying to keep people safe, that they're trying to keep COVID-19 contained. And if that's their goal, if that's what they're focused on, then that's the right goal. Then that's the right way to move forward. And when you look at what's going on for the Baltimore Ravens, it's been positive test after positive test, even up until yesterday. 
yesterday where even people like Dan Graziano are saying that there are Baltimore Ravens who aren't who weren't necessarily comfortable with traveling. And so the NFL has to find a way to play this game eventually. But the fact that it's been postponed in hopes of having the most healthy and safe environment for their players is the right thing to do. And so if you got to watch football at Wednesday, at least Central Time at 2.40, then that's what you do. You sit in front of your TV, you grab some popcorn, and you watch it. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us here on the Shell Performance Line. Hey, R.C., do you think the Steelers are kind of like getting the bad end in this situation? Well, I mean, it, it seems that way, obviously, because most of the things are going on in, in Baltimore. Also, you saw what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier this year in Tennessee. I mean, it's just with, with Tennessee, it's just the luck of the draw, man. Like, it just happens to be the Pittsburgh Steelers week, and you have to deal with it. When you look at the way the CBA was set in place, when you look at the protocols that were put in place and the requirements that were put in place for COVID-19, this is part of it. You are subject to it, even if it's not running rampant in your building. And that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers are dealing with. I do find it, uh, I don't know if ironic is the right word, that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers were tweeting and they were all upset about people not doing the right thing. And then the one Pittsburgh Steeler that you want to get COVID-19 the least, James Conner, test positive. And so I think that we all have to be um, extremely sympathetic. We all have to be extremely understanding about what's going on with people. And yes, they had a strength coach who was doing stupid stuff. And I feel like he should be punished and the Baltimore Ravens should be punished. But the Pittsburgh Steelers have to know that they're doing what is in the best uh, interest of the health and safety of the players as it pertains to COVID-19. So continue to get ready. Continue to push your schedule. Mike Tomlin, continue to preach, as you always do, about winning the game at hand. And that's the way you move forward. I feel like Pittsburgh hadn't played in like a month, even though they've played here recently. Uh, (laughs) It it certainly feels that way, R.C., let me ask you this. Do you yeah. do you um how do you think they're gonna play I was almost said tonight <laughs> I'm thinking at night, but how do you think they're gonna play this <laughs> afternoon at three forty, I think it is? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they'll play well. I think the one thing that Coach Tomlin always does is, is helps you understand the moment. Um, it helps to me that it's the Baltimore Ravens, though, that it's a team that you don't really like anyway. It's a team that you respect, but you don't have this 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 admiration for them in the sense of a team that you care about. Like people in the in the Steelers building, although it's a brotherhood and they want people to be safe from COVID, they don't care that the Baltimore Ravens have those problems. They're probably happy that they do, and they want to make them more miserable. They want to add to that and that's going to be the talk going around the building and it's going to be about domination Keyshawn you know how it is man when sharks see blood in the water they attack they attack and there's blood in the water in Baltimore they weren't playing well before you lose Lamar Jackson to COVID and now you have these things happen you push the game back they're going to want to make the Baltimore Ravens pay for everything that they feel the Baltimore Ravens have put on them and we'll see that on the grass at 340. RC, give me the real talk like you give it to me when we're at the Double Tree, uh, all those old t- old school nights. <laughs> what the hell is going on in Philadelphia with the quarterback situation, man? 
Bro, Doug Peterson doesn't know, Jay. I can promise you he doesn't know. I can promise you Doug Peterson didn't have a plan for this. The only person in the world that's as close to a bigger fan of Carson Wentz as Doug Peterson is Dan Orlowski. That's the two people in the world that you would not have been able to convince that Carson Wentz would play this way. I don't think Doug Peterson was all on board with the Jalen Hurts draft. And so now he has a guy who he thought would be great, a guy who finished looking like an MVP last year with backups, and you have a backup quarterback that you draft in the second round that you don't necessarily think could play quarterback right now. And so now that that you heard him early on in the season, right? If we go to Jalen Hurts, that means we're giving up on the season. If you bench Carson, he never thought Carson would continue to play this bad. And so when you hear him talk this week and he's like, well, you wish Jalen could get some reps and get some continuity and then you... It's because he don't know, y'all. He is at a point where he has no idea how to fix what's going on with Carson Wentz, but he also knows he's stuck with Wentz for at least two years, and if Wentz doesn't work, he's fired, and he still doesn't believe in Jalen Hurts enough to say if I put him in the game, he could save me. The dude has no way to go, man. He's in between a rock and a hard place, and that hard place is going to get him fired because he needs to figure this out. Let me ask you this real quick, though, Ryan. Is, is, is Doug the right man for this particular job? Because I've always said when a coach takes over for a team in his first year, it's always a honeymoon, magical. But over time, they take on the mm-hmm. personality of the coach, and you can kind of see what that yeah. coach is. Is he the right guy? I know he won a Super Bowl, but is he the right guy? Yeah, see, and then – and you see the key, that, that's the hard part, right? It's hard to say that a dude that won, won the Super Bowl isn't the right guy for the team. What it seems is, though, that Doug Peterson isn't the right guy for this team. He was the right guy to have a young Carson Wentz and have a Nick Foles on the bench, but he isn't the guy that's continued to morph as this team has changed. He hasn't adapted to the new rendition of the Philadelphia Eagles, to the team that now has is going to be cap-heavy, to a team that now has a quarterback who takes up a lot of the salary cap. And so I don't know if Doug Peterson is right for this team. I know in this moment, he doesn't seem to be the coach to get them out of where they are right now, and that's something they're going to have to look at in the offseason. That's a fair point because at the end of the day, Howie Roseman, the executive vice president, essentially drafted Jalen Hurts because of Carson Wentz's injury history, not his history of playing terribly. That came after the pick, not before. They're between a rock and a hard place here for sure. Rye, thanks so much, and enjoy Wednesday afternoon football. Yes, that is correct. All right, Ryan. Ryan Clark with us and now gone. Okay, so (laughs) that's the big thing, right? When they drafted Hurts, they said, look, Wentz is a little brittle. He can't play the whole way. They spend a second-round pick. They certainly didn't draft him because they said, man, Carson's really decelerating. He's turned into a shell of himself. That's obviously not why they drafted Jalen Hurts. But now, because that's the situation, that's where they find him. Really quick, I want to hear from Doug Peterson. He was asked point-blank yesterday— Because people are wondering, if your season is flailing away, you still have a chance at a division. What are you doing? You're running in place. Why not play Jalen Hurts? Two snaps Monday night. Change the tide of your season. Get a little momentum. Try something fresh. Straight up asked if he was on board with Hurts moving from Norman to Philly. Doug, uh, were you on board with the Jalen Hurts draft pick when it happened? Uh, Yes, I was. Why? Yeah, so, because I'm wondering, because it hasn't really exactly played out the way uh, you guys originally, at least the way that Howie originally said, that he would be utilized on offense. And it seems to have undermined uh, you to some extent and Carson Wentz. No, I, I, don't, I don't understand where you're coming from, you know, because we, you know, every year we look at we look at quarterbacks. Every year we 
if we have an opportunity to take a quarterback, we're going to take a quarterback, at least look at the position. I mean, every position is, is uh, looked at and, and, uh, and studied and wherever we can help and add talent and depth, you know, we're going to do that. And the quarterback position is, is not exempt from that. No, it is not. On the way, what should the college football playoff do about Ohio State? The answer from the ultimate Michigan man. Next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Those are two interesting voices. The first from Gary Barta, the chairman of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, essentially understanding the rationale of why Ohio State sits at four. And then David Pollack reacting to the news on the College Football Playoff Rankings Show, which you can see every Tuesday night on ESPN, except for the final one, which will come on a Sunday afternoon. And we will know in this truncated Let's go, Trojans. Season. Let's go. <laughs> Trojans do need to go. They got a lot of room to yeah. make up. They're sitting a lot of work to do. At the moment. But as I've said before, Key, if they made it, uh, if reset, it's the top 120, Rutgers and Duke would show up. So it's the top 25. It's tough for us. Let's welcome in Desmond Howard, ESPN college football analyst, Heisman Trophy winner, Super Bowl MVP. That's a pretty good resume. I don't think we're going to get a better resume than that this morning. Des, good morning. We're going to ask you about uh, Michigan here in a second, being the ultimate Michigan man. But uh, what would you do if you were the committee? And Ohio State's sitting there, and they just don't have the number of games the other teams do for point of comparison. Um, well, the whole Ohio State thing right now seems to be um, very interesting because, um, you know, they're, they only, they've only played one game right so far this season against a team with a competitive pulse, and that was Indiana. And it was a very close game, and it was at home in Columbus. So that's the only, you know, real game that you get to see – Ohio State and, and try to judge what type of talent that they have. Um, I understand that coming into the season, they're one of the highest ranked teams in the country. Everyone thought that they should be one of the top, you know, four or five teams in the country. Mr. Barta, who's a spokesman for the uh, college football playoff selection committee, one thing that he uh, has said repeatedly 
was that BYU is so low because of their um, their strength of schedule. Well, Ohio State has probably the lowest strength of schedule. I think it's 77th of any of the top 10 teams. So you take that for what it's worth, but they're still sitting at number four. Um, so it's interesting to watch this whole thing unfold with the Buckeyes and the college football playoff rankings. I just want to say hi to my guys, uh, Jay Will and Key, too. What's good? What up, D? What up, D? And let me ask you this, man. Now that you said everything that you said, Ohio State has only played four games at 4-0. You're the decision maker. How would you handle this situation? Well, kid, this is on when I have to make that decision. If I had to make that decision today, they wouldn't be in the top four. Uh, I think that, obviously, like I just said, they, their, their strength of schedule is like – is not even in the top, it's the lowest, it's the worst of any of the top 10. I think Florida, the Florida Gators, I think they're playing uh, a high level of football right now. I mean, that, that team is so dynamic and so explosive on offense, it's frightening. Uh, Texas A&M, they've had a, a stronger strength of schedule than Ohio State. So if I had to do it right now, if to make that decision today, Ohio State would not be the fourth seed. It would either be Texas A&M or the Florida Gators. Des, I got to ask you about your squad, your school. What's going on at Michigan, man? You really don't, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it go comes ahead, to the brother. territory. You know, you, you play football at Michigan, man. I'm sitting here watching one of the greatest pump returns ever in the history of college football. I got to ask you about your school. What's going on? It's, it's really simple, to be honest with you. Now, there's a lot to unpack, but the, the quick answer is this. Jim Harbaugh has not been able to land on the quarterback. He's not been able to hit on the quarterback. And, um... Coming to the season, you know, people thought Joe Milton would be the answer. He looked really good in the first game against Minnesota, but there's been downhill from there. Cade McNamara came in the game uh, against Wisconsin, gave him a little bit of a spark. Um, obviously came in the game again against Rutgers. They won that game with Cade at the quarterback position several overtimes. Then last week against Penn State, uh, he hurts his shoulder Joe Milton comes back in. Number two, Jay, is defensively. Defensively, um, Don Brown, the D.C., the defensive coordinator, seems to be trying, and I said this about a month ago, seems to be trying to run a scheme, but if you don't have the horses to run that system, if you don't have the talent to run that system, it's going to fail. So those are the two things off the top that I can, um, can, can provide for you as answers to what's going wrong so far uh, with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. He hasn't been able to handle a quarterback at all. And you see these top teams, and we're talking about college football, all of them got a quarterback that's playing at a pretty high level. And then defensively, man, it's a struggle to watch them. Des, you know I couldn't wait to get a hold of you, though. Ooh, especially after that text exchange we had a couple weeks ago. I couldn't wait to ask you these questions about your Michigan Wolverines. I ain't like Jay. You know, Jay had to ask you. I just, I couldn't wait to get you on here and ask you about all them excuses I just heard you sit up and make. Is Jim Harbaugh, is it time for him to move on, though, man? Is it time to just pack up and move on? I know he's a Michigan guy, but is it time to try something different? Um, I couldn't answer that question right now because coming to the season, I also said this, and these are just my exact words. I said the 2020 season, I didn't know things would go this bad. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.